welcome to the final episode of The Pod Roast, the show that took you behind the scenes of ABC 2's The Roast. I'm Mark Humphreys. I'm Stephen K. Smith. And I'm Nick Richardson. <laughs> and that's actually Nick Richardson, not Jazz Twemlow as Nick Richardson. Oh, what a week! Mm. What a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, everyone wants to know uh, about the uh, end and how that happened and, uh, and all that stuff. So, I guess we'll sort of start off with just a general look at our final week of the show. And so, uh, so we've known about the cancellation since October 4th. First, yeah, it's I been think. it's been like eight weeks or something. Yeah, um, which was good. I think I think it was good that they told us in advance and right, yeah, so that you had time to plan. Not that mm. we now have amazing new jobs, but just uh, <laughs> just so you, know, it wasn't just a horrible. Yeah. Um, also, yes, yeah, I think that was the right way for, for it to go. But then we then we were in the position of thinking, well, well how do we tell people? How do we? Uh, uh, what's the best Break way? Break the news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at what point? And so what were the discussions, Nick, were the discussions with the ABC of this is when we want you to say that it's over? Or? Yeah, I think for the ABC's perspective, they would like for us to never have said it <laughs> and for it to just be something that, that just happened and people slowly realised that the show didn't come back on air. But we had, I had flagged with them a couple of weeks before uh, that um, that we were going to mention on the show and sort of say, oh, look, we're getting cancelled, but we've got these episodes remaining and we'll make them good and blah, blah, blah. And we were, uh, we were originally going to do that two weeks before we ended. And then on that Monday, we'd written it into the script. I believe Seton wrote the first draft yeah. of that being in the script, which was we a went, line We went me. through the whole, the whole episode and it was, oh, by the way, we're not coming back next year. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the episode with the, it was the Bill Shorten dances. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> it was right. bring out the we've been cancelled dances and then it was, it was a, a very, very weird, very bizarre ending. Um, and then the ABC said, we'd prefer if you don't mention that right now. And so they said to hold off a week, which I got all righteous and angry about but then i think oh yeah that maybe that was the right idea because you don't drag it on for too long mm -hmm. um but uh yeah but you know um i think it, we definitely wanted to let everybody know um mm -hmm. so that it wasn't just because most shows would actually just end and then not get renewed over the course of the next couple of months whereas we were like we were very specifically we were on air when they were like look unfortunately we're not going to be able to get you back next year so I'm very trusting of them to allow us to keep making episodes I mean obviously they can veto things but just mm. for them <clears throat> you know, it could have degenerated into a series of hateful episodes well uh, got word from the ABC that they were they were very happy with our last episode <laughs> but they were very worried about how big the the boot was going to be towards them uh, because they were like, yeah, you could really have just stabbed the the knife in there, but they were very happy with what we did. No. I, I, yeah, and I was happy with what we did because we were very concerned about the idea of coming off as bitter, which of course we weren't. But um, but no. it could it, but it, to someone, it's very easy for a joke to be taken the wrong way, and then suddenly it becomes it becomes like we're we're being ungrateful or something. And we're all totally. young people. It'd be it'd be crazy to. You to know, burn to those bridges yeah, exactly. like so quickly <laughs> so, um, like on, the, uh, yeah. on our first TV job we just, yeah. 
And also, they, they, you know, they gave us, they kept us in work for three years. So it's, you know, no other network would take mm. a chance on a bunch of nobodies like us. So, mm. uh, yeah, we're extremely grateful. That's it. I, I've enjoyed reading some of the things on Twitter and Facebook of people directing their anger. Yeah, screw, uh, screw the ABC. <laughs> I, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying that's that's one way. I mean, it's like it's better that they do it than, mm. we, than we do. Yeah, it. and I'm not saying that they should do it. Yeah, and it, and it should be said that it was it that last week was kind of amazing in terms of the response from people. Who are all these people that have been watching the show all the time? I had I no s- idea. I said before, we should have we should have announced our cancellation sort of... At the start of the year. At the start of the year, and really have just gotten a huge amount of publicity and traction. This is the weirdest thing, because you know that publicity has been a, a big... been my bonnet for mm. a long time, and the lack of publicity for the show. And I felt weird that the biggest publicity we got was the cancellation. And suddenly, after having never reviewed us, mm. uh, the Australian wrote about us, mm. and uh, uh, then it was also in the Age and yeah. Crikey and Mumbrella and um, yeah, so which was which was good. It was, it was TV all, Week. T- TV Week. That even. was a big one. That for was you. for me. That was a big, big thing. I'm waiting for that Logie's invitation. Hello, um, <laughs> and because uh, they listen, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just a, a bit odd that suddenly we felt like people paid attention. But I think it also kind of worked to our favour that we were the first and whether or not we were actually uh, whether our ending was anything to do with ABC budget cuts it certainly played into that perception we were yeah the first. all the questions I got from journalists was how does it feel to be this first show like that got axed because of budget cuts and which is a very awkward question to have to answer on so many levels straight away but yeah like we definitely got some buzz because of that hmm. um, we, were the, we were the young faces of uh, mm. a cruel government yeah we were the yeah we were like sids yeah yeah we're, we don't we don't have to be balanced anymore a cruel government <laughs> um but the but yeah i i mean i think we've probably said it on the podcast before but the idea that up until very recently there, there's definitely a feeling that sometimes we're just shouting into the void sometimes it's just we're making a show that no one knows is on mm. and and there's like four people who like tweet us constantly yeah. and we know they're watching but we don't know any and then when that happened it was just my phone just exploded mm. um and it was it was really lovely to know that people actually watched the show like you had to send out a message like this is a terrible analogy oh, i shouldn't have even gone down this path in the movie hook <laughs> there's there's a um uh, as the, 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 the Lost Boys attack Hook and his pirates, there's a moment where Smee goes up to a bell and is ringing a bell and shouts, If anyone's not fighting, right, get right. here quick! Yeah. And it was sort of... We all remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Um, and uh, just when there was so many messages coming in, you I sent out a message saying, like, if you're, if you're online, can you start replying to messages? And, yeah, totally. <laughs> Because yeah, it's just, yeah, it was it was amazing. I, I think, but then I thought about shows that I love. Mm. Um, like I watched The Walking Dead week in week out. I've never tweeted about it. Mm. Um, yeah, that, I mean that's totally true. That like, and and if I yeah, and I, yeah, and I guess if I, if if a show that I love did get cancelled, I'd never tweet to them. Mm. I would only if I mentioned it. I would just mention, oh, I'm sorry to hear that that's gone. But yeah. so many people tweeting at us. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. very nice. Yeah, I also like the new followers and Facebook likes. I'm like, you're in for disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a real drop-off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then once we had the kind of the green light to announce uh, the ending on the show, um, it was then that thing of like, what's the best way of doing it? Because I know for you, I think for everyone, we didn't want it to be 
oh, self-pity mm. and, and all this kind of... and uh, He didn't want to kind of infect the, the show and... The, yeah. and um, uh, Bring out some depressing dances. Yeah, yeah. and make... You didn't want to make the whole thing then about us. And so... Um, yeah, and so I, I thought that maybe a, a, doing it as a headline might be uh, a good way to do it because I've got a, quite a cold delivery and wouldn't so there wouldn't be any kind of it was yeah and I think it was the right decision as well because I'd sort of been thinking about how to do it because the problem for me the main problem was the segue of just going like mm. we're talking about something and now we're talking about this piece of information you could drop it right at the end of the show but even then it's just a weird shift in tone that would really catch everyone by surprise and when you suggested to do in the headlines, I realised that's actually the perfect thing because there's also there's an element of distance between you and Tom, mm. and so Tom can very much react to the news yeah. and then and then get over it and move on, as opposed to have to be the one to bring it up. And mm. it also felt right that Tom's pathetic character would be the last, last to know. <laughs> like like the the graphics guy <laughs> who had to put together your over the shoulder box knew about it before time did. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I, I, actually but what was interesting though about that and I wonder I'd love to know what it was like for people watching it because if you went off the online response it kind of steamrolls the rest of the episode. I don't know whether like I don't I wonder what watching the rest of the episode was like for people. Do you remember what we did? Was well, like, there's Jazz doing the G20 environment thing, which is very good and has done very well online, but I don't know at the time, I don't think if on the night that anyone tweeted mm. about it because it's sort of not mm. front of mind, mm. you know, it, it sort of might have got swallowed up. But anyway, it's, it's gone on done very well online, but it, I wonder how it was for people, whether they sort of stopped, I wonder if they stopped listening or whether they were distracted or whether they still watched it but felt... It felt pointless to tweet mm. about anything else. I feel like, though, if you hear about this short show having only one week to go, you want to get, you want to watch the the rest of the episode because you've only got seventy episodes left. So hopefully they yeah, they I, li stay I like on. the idea that people would be so frustrated they turn off their television. Oh, that's not, that's not what I meant. No, but in terms but of in like, terms of watching like, and yeah. paying attention. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah, it totally it totally could have. Um, uh, yeah, I got no answer for you. No, hey, who that's, knows? That's all right. Write us. Oh, yeah. We got nothing to do but read your answers. Yeah, where were you when you when we were cancelled? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience? Uh, so that was that. And then on Tuesday's episode, we did... Um, well, that was Melbourne Cup Day. And so... It's always I, been a thing on this show. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think last year, we managed to avoid it because we I think the season ended just before... I feel like we ended in October last year. Or am I wrong about this? No, I think it was November that we ended, but it might have been yeah. just before. I feel like we didn't I have to it, cover it. I think it. our last episode was the first. Yeah, because I can't remember what. I don't think we had. Yeah, did, no, I think I you're don't right. I think remember watching it here. I think it was the very first week of November was yeah, our right. final. Right, because I think the two-minute version that we did of Melbourne Cup is actually our definitive. I love, I love that, like, like, and it's been a constant thing for the last couple of weeks of going back and looking at that two-minute version of the Rose, which before I would encourage people to not watch, but now I go, yeah, go back, have a look, <laughs> start from the end and work your way backwards, and then stop when you hate it because it definitely yeah. sucked at the beginning. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, and Tom was so close to. The oh camera. my god! Good lord, he was so big. Eat you. Oh, I had no idea what I was doing. But, um, yeah, we always look at that as being the definitive word on the Melbourne Cup mm. as being that if you haven't seen it, the 
the concept was that uh, you know as 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 we've always sort of made our the, the fiction of our show being that we're live and on air at, like we film at 7:30 but we actually film at sort of midday so at the time of filming the Melbourne Cup hasn't run and then by the time we go to air it's finished so we didn't know what to do at that point so the concept of the episode was uh, it's after the Melbourne Cup and the whole episode is Tom hung over trying to remember what happened that day mm. um, and and tiny sandwiches in a in a top hat yeah being a, oh, like, I remember the other thing because yeah we because we we're filming it before the race was run so we wouldn't have known who the winner was and so yeah that whole idea of okay he's trying to remember the events of the day and then I remember people at the time going like why is he hung over at nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, look, this is the best solution we can I believe talk. that's also one of the first episodes where we referenced Tom's weird height. Because because when we filmed that two-minute version, we, had, we, we filmed it in a reception of our office. And the camera was sitting on the receptionist's desk. And we couldn't get it any lower. And Tom is very low. Um, but also, it's just, it's kind of just a weird, it was kind of a weird height. But when you or Clark or myself would walk on, we'd be fine. But Tom, bless his tiny heart, had to stand on a little step. And so I remember going, well, I'd like to be in the Melbourne Cup episode somehow. And so what it is, is that Tom asks, calls out my name and is looking for me. And then he hears a groan and he looks down and he goes, oh, sorry, Nick. And then steps, quote unquote, off me. And it's actually him stepping off his step, and then and then and then stepping down onto the ground, and like his nose is almost touching the bottom of the frame. Uh, yeah, there's something else I was going to say about that. Uh, Clark. Uh, oh well, there was that. Yeah, I feel like this is just about the two-minute show now. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, uh, there was a line in the two-minute one. Yeah, so where we had it's like the office party, and Clark comes in, and his line was. I think it was I'm a horsey. Was it I'm a horsey? Yeah. yeah. He has to come here. I'm a horsey. Moo. Yeah. That was the line. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> we film it, and he comes in and goes, I'm a horsey. Nay. I'm like, like, no, no, no. no, no. Hang on a the joke is <laughs> that you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. that was the definitive <laughs> word on the Melbourne <laughs> So, long story short. The show that you guys know. Yeah, long story short. The, the, the point is, is that coming to have to do the Melbourne Cup again and this is a problem that would have <laughs> to, yeah, hypothetically if the show went for years and years we would hit this wall every single year yeah nothing changes um, like, so things like Anzac Day Melbourne Cup Day, those, those you know, Easter whatever those annual events which are essentially the same every year but you still need to talk about them mm. um, how would you keep coming up with a new a fresh take on it so that was the dilemma we had because we felt we'd said most of what we wanted to say about Melbourne Cup um and anyway, inevitably, oh, so it was, it, we ended up going with roast breakfast, which was a nice way of, of doing it and capturing yeah. that kind and of I really, dumb I energy. And I really liked that roast breakfast. Yeah. I feel like particularly the beginning and the end were great. Mm. Like the, the first little part was fantastic. It was, so, it was so close to what the breakfast shows would actually do, but in an absurd enough way that Alex then gets shot at the end for breaking a leg. That thing where Clark is gets off the horse in her face, is that... Did Clark add that? So, yeah, like so I walked, I walked into the studio because we were still running upstairs and I went downstairs and I, I, needed to, I needed to give them a note about something. I can't remember what it was. And I walked into the studio and Clark's straddling her and, and I sort of stop and they both look up at me and smile and Alex goes, listen to this, and Clark's going... I reckon this is how I'm going to start it, and then does it, and I'm like, 
Sure. Yeah, good. Uh, like, yeah, you guys do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, that's just a very Clark thing to... And that's how I get off a horse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I loved that. I think that was the right way to, to do it. Um, and then, yes, we had the whole thing about... Yeah, deaths of horses. Mm. And that was that. We didn't want to go on a big kind of preachy thing mm. about how... It's pretty appalling you know, what happens yeah. to, to horses that are involved in horse racing. Um, and so we didn't want to do, but we wanted to allude to that. Yeah. And so we had references to. There horses. was definitely a lot more in that first draft. Right. I remember one of my notes is just being like, every joke about a horse was ended with the word "shot in the face." <laughs> <laughs> and so we had some of those still in. And then, of course, subsequently that day, two horses died. And people, not a lot of people, but some people tweeted us saying it was inappropriate that we aired that. But I think it actually made it's it like, more appropriate. That, yeah. I think it valid. Yeah. It was uh, it showed, showed, showed we were right to talk about it. The last thing you want is for nobody to talk about it. Yeah, mm. exactly. If horses are dying. My favourite comment we got from someone about that episode was someone tweeted, Oh, really nice guys. Shoot the only female presenter in the face. Um, and then said, like, uh, what kind of message is that sending to women? I was like... I don't know what kind of message is that sending to women. Like she, she broke her leg and she got put down. That it's not because she was a woman. Like it <laughs> yeah. was, okay. It was very. It was. I was like, oh wow, that's really taking that to a whole new level of yeah. violence against women. It was like, no, that's just violence against horses. That's not women. Another thing I quite like is that the day before that, David Ferrier had written a line for the mm. headlines, which was, "It's the Melbourne Cup tomorrow, which means that some horses only have a day to live." Yeah. Well done, Dave. <laughs> Two, you killed some you killed horses. Two horses. <laughs> um, so that was that was that was interesting. Um, so then, what we knew. So so then, okay. Let's get to the final episodes where there was a real dilemma for us of how do we end this show. And the dilemma, I say the dilemma because we have very we had a very rare set of circumstances with this show. Where, as you know, the Friday episode is a recap, traditionally a recap of the week's episodes and it's also the lowest I mean it's across the week I think it's the least viewed yeah no one's watching TV on a Friday and because it's also like a repeat mm. it also suffers from that like you get you get like comparatively a huge amount of people are watching it but compared to the rest of the episodes we make it's sort of half the viewers yeah and so which then meant that although Friday was our last episode to go to air Thursday's episode would more would actually be the last legitimate episode mm. and so it's a very strange thing to have to do a final episode goodbye everyone oh by the mm. way there's another episode tomorrow mm. and we had a lot of discussions about that so I wonder if we just remember some of those ideas we had of what those episodes might be well I remember for a while we were talking about doing the, the final Friday episode as a look back at the entire year mm. but then and we, we got so far as writing a script for that um, but then there's just for 10 minutes to encapsulate 145 episodes worth mm. of things and to have everyone have a bit of representation in the in the episode to make it a real send-off was just impossible. Mm. So it was just, that, that idea I think was... Yeah, and, and also from a production level, like we, we have a, a very bare-bones staff, so the amount of people, we have the, we have slightly less the amount of people you need to make a daily show. And so it, that means we have no one who can work on anything else other than that day's episode. So when it came to the idea of editing together 150 episodes worth of stuff, it means you have to go and watch 150 
episodes. I admittedly, I should have actually started that process much, much earlier, but I kind of didn't think about it that much. Um, and then, and then suddenly it became this thing of like, oh God, we need to do this episode. My first thought was that big compilation thing, but then going, this is just too difficult to actually do in the time we have. And like you said, to cram 10 minutes worth of stuff in, I mean, I'm going through these episodes now to make some online content, um, some sort of best of stuff. I've got timelines that are sort of 30 minutes each, just based off sections like, like the headlines section is like 40 minutes worth of stuff alone of like, yeah, that's funny, 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 uh, to cr try to cram all that down. So I kind of messed everyone around for a long time with these last two episodes because I just didn't know what to do because I, f most of the time for me, it felt very weird <clears throat> that we would say goodbye on a Thursday and then come back on a Friday. It would be fine if on the Friday our recap episodes are just clips, but they're not. There's actually original content that's shot for them. Tom has these linking segments. And so I didn't, I, I was always kind of just uncomfortable with the idea that we go, goodbye, bears will be back tomorrow. And then that our, our, that goodbye is sort of like a sad... Oh, the steam out of the Thursday. Exactly, yeah. It really, like, yeah. Um, and then... It was actually, it was Wednesday afternoon, we're all staying back to shoot and that episode that we wrote, um, that Friday episode when we sort of made the decision after a big group discussion that, well look, maybe we do the Thursday episode and then the Friday episode isn't a look back at the year, it's just a look back at the week, like normal, because not a huge amount of people will be watching anyway, and I think that actually turned out to be the best decision, because the script we then wrote, I was really happy with the Thursday episode being our final episode goodbye, blah, blah, blah. And the Friday episode was, uh, everyone had left, and it was it was just me and Tom sort of packing up the studio. Strangely and, touching. Yeah, and it was actually really, I really liked it, and it was just Tom giving the links between each clip from the week, but as as it, as it goes, just the sets and, is it, and everything has just sort of been unpacked around him and people are taking his desk and his chair and the lights start going off and that sort of thing. And then at the end, it's just this really nice, long pull out of the, um, of the studio, which no one's ever seen on the show, I don't think. Like just sort of pulling back and seeing that weird space that we shoot in. And the whole time I'm just quietly working away and then it turns out that I've been rigging the whole place to explode and I kill him. <laughs> and he survives the explosion and I shoot him and say, you're welcome, Australian. <laughs> so I actually think it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was the, it was the post, I think of it as the post-credits sequence right, of sure. the Thursday episode. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's, that's a nice way to think of it. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think I was happy with how it, how it, yeah, yeah, ended up, but we were certainly panicking for a bit, and because we were going to, there's the other thing where we decided, right, well, we're going to stay back on, because normally we would stay back on Thursday, Thursday to write Friday's episode, <clears throat> but we thought, oh, we're going to stay back on Wednesday, mm. originally it was like, yeah, we're going to stay back on Wednesday to write Friday's, Friday's episode. episode, and then we'll make that today, and then tomorrow we'll write, we'll write, so we would stay back on Wednesday to make the clip episode that would go to air on Thursday and then on Thursday we would make the final episode which would go to air on Friday <laughs> and it was just a, it was just a total mess so I'm glad so then once we had out. decided what we were going to do there were some things of like well what do we want those you know what is the last episode going to be and I know for me I was quite keen to have one final spray mm. um, and so that's hence why the headlines are sort of under the umbrella of farewell to Australian politics. And I think, certainly based on what people 
sent to us, but also internally we were quite keen to find some sort of capper for Lamy and the Brick. Mm. Yeah, everyone was like, that was, it was like, it was like the ABC cancelled two shows. There was yeah. The Roast and Lamy and the Brick. Yeah. Uh, we'd already sort of farewelled roast breakfast earlier in the week. Mm. Um, that woman. Yeah, very misogynistic. <laughs> and um, uh, and I, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten the other thing we had in the final episode. We had Lamy It was the future. Oh, the future thing, yeah. that's right. Yes, and that was the discussion of, yes, what would that... Um, yeah, how did that come back? Because I remember we talked about whether we did, would do a segment about it was like how a, to make your to own pre- satire. Yeah, to, or to prepare you pre- like, for our, our farewell, which I think... Which was kind of the right idea, but was a little like, you'll never survive without us, sort of. Um, <laughs> it was under the guise of there won't be any satire on on the t- on the TV, but of course there will be. Yeah, <laughs> there will be quite a little, quite a bit, yeah, quite a, quite a lot, as it turns out. Um, but um, but uh, good luck, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, if you need any help, anyway, go on. Uh, but um, but yeah, so then we did the 2015 box set, which was more that we sh- we just shot 150 episodes for next year. And based off this year, we know what's going to happen next year, and that. Um, and yeah, I was kind of happy with how everything turned out. Um, uh, yeah, making that was a bit of a different story. Right. Yes. So let's get let's get to that that bit because um, yeah, sounds like it was it was we came perilously close to showing a generic episode all year without a hitch the whole year. Hitchless. <laughs> and then that last episode, uh, look, some might say we were over ambitious. They would be right. Uh, pretty much the, the, where it fell down is that 2015 box set. Great idea. It just involved a lot of like one line, one shot, one costume, one setup. And that one line actually takes sort of 10 minutes to put together. So when you put sort of 20 lines in a, in a show, you're looking at 200 minutes of, of kind of just setups to do this sort of thing, which meant we blew out our studio time by an hour, which then just has this ripple on effect, which then <clears throat> ended up meaning that Hugh, our sound guy, barely had any time to mix it. And then our delivery time, we'd normally get to the ABC by six. We, we would... We were pushing it to get it there by seven. We finally got it out the door and I was so stressed. I was just so stressed out and um, finally got it out the door, sent off. And then we realized that we actually had put the mixed audio and the rough audio on the same video track. So the sound was totally wrecked, but Leela, who is our runner, was already on her bike, like furiously pedaling to the ABC because they were like, the ABC were like, we're gonna put on a generic episode if you don't get here in 10 minutes. And Leela's going there. And then like two minutes later, we realized that the wrong audio's on there. I'm calling her, but her phone's in her backpack and so she can't answer it. She doesn't hear it. So then we put the, the audio track on a USB stick and we get Dave, who is a writer here, who used to deliver the episode last year. And I'm like, Dave, I need I need your legs again, <laughs> and you're gonna have to hop on this bike, and you're gonna have to chase Leela and get to the ABC. So we hand Dave a bike, but it's Carl's bike. <laughs> Carl is our technical director. Carl also doesn't really know anything about bikes because his a his he I was like, are the tires pumped? And he goes, yes, I pumped them this morning. I was like, fantastic. And he goes, I pump them every morning. And I'm like, hang on a second. You shouldn't have to pump your tires every morning. Why are you pumping them every morning? He goes, they get flat by the afternoon. It's like, there is something wrong with your tires. 
Dave instantly, Dave hops on the bike. Dave's weight, and Dave's not fat at all, just the, the tires just go and just flatten. So Dave's basically riding on rims, racing up the street. As he's racing up, Carl leans out the door and goes, don't change gears while you're moving. <laughs> to which Dave goes, what? And nearly swerves into traffic. So then he needs to somehow change gears while not riding the bike. So he just decided to stay in one gear, which was the worst gear to possibly go uphill. Um, it was just, it was such a nightmare. And it got there with, I would say, 30 seconds to spare. And then we were waiting for a phone call while they were tech checking it and going, please, 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 please put this to air. I'm on the phone. They finally go, yes, the episode is going to air. And I was like, thank God. Oh my God, that would have been such a nightmare because everyone was watching tonight. And then we go upstairs and uh, everyone's sort of sitting up here having a drink. And Neil, our editor, comes in. I'm like, Neil, we're going to watch the episode up here. And he goes, how? And I'm like, on the TV. And he goes, do you need me to export something? I was like, no. He goes, do I need to run a cable up here or something? I was like, no. Neil, it's it's 7.20. It's going to be on air in 10 minutes. And he was like, oh my God, it only left the building like seven minutes ago. So... Yeah, that that would have been an absolute nightmare, and it's and it's uh, yeah, and I, we kind of just we we did too many things and threw our process out the window. Yeah, I thought that box set looked fantastic, though. I think the um... yeah, it went really well, and we actually there's a bunch of stuff that I cut out of it, like that we'd shot and edited together, just because I was like, they cannot make the graphics and the sound for this in time, so we chopped out about a minute's worth of stuff. Um, yeah, it all turned out fine by the end, and it's like a nice story, but God, it was, it was so stressful. But can you imagine? I mean, we shouldn't really dwell on it, but can you? I mean, if it went, if, if it had gone out, went to air and we're talking, we're, we're talking like Death of Disco or whatever, you know, uh, one of those, because just to remind <laughs> you, dismissal. Yeah, yeah, just to remind you, the generic episodes are the ones which are set in the past, like we imagine that the roast has been on for years and years and years, and and so we recorded two at the start of the year, and one was about the Beatles arriving in the 1960s. Yeah, and the death of disco, but I, like, that that, one I can't remember <laughs> what we said in the Whitlam episode, but I know with our luck we would have said some really offensive things about Whitlam, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. and it would have gone to air like a week after, after his, his death. death. Yeah, oh God, yeah. And just like, it would have been a great sort of, this is why this show is not... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you can't even deliver your last episode. Yeah, it was a nightmare. But, um, but thankfully it got out and everyone, everyone seemed to really like that last episode. Mm, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think all of the sections worked really well. So, uh, something that people are interested in is how, how we found out about the end of the show. Uh, so, there are two stories here. Nick, uh, how did you find out about the show's cancellation? So... Uh, uh, Charles uh, Firth, uh, actually, he found out first because we'd been waiting to hear whether or not we would get um, recommissioned, and, and that was just a long process. And, and Charles actually ran into the executive, sort of in charge of that decision, on the street one day and just grabbed him and said, Are we getting renewed? And the executive said, No. Um, and so Charles wanted to give me the exact same experience, so, so came back, <laughs> and we we're in the middle of writing an episode and, and sort of pulled me out of the office and then went downstairs to the street and then he just grabbed me and said we're not getting recommissioned next year and then he just hugged me uh, and then I was like okay and then we kind of just figured out what the next step was mm. yeah can you I guess you already had so much on your plate for that day anyway that you probably didn't have time I kind of really... just pushed it aside and just went okay this is just I'll just come upstairs and 
continue doing today. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but yeah, the, like um, uh, they were coming over the next day to sort of like the MC was coming over the next day to tell everyone um, themselves. And so we kind of went, <clears throat> they said, don't tell them, we'll tell them. So uh, they came over then um, and sort of uh, ruined everyone's day because uh, everyone thought that something else was going to happen. Mm. So yeah, Seton, if you can give the the writer's version or the, the, the team's version of, of what happened. Well, I, I, there was, it was announced that it was going to be an, uh, you know, an announcement and so we were all to sort of stick around for, for a bit. And I remember thinking that, that Charles was in a good mood that day. I remember seeing him <laughs> laughing and so I thought, oh, this is good. This is a good sign. Um, and so we were all sort of waiting around and then uh, John and Sophia get here and they go and have a, a meeting, a, a preliminary meeting, I guess, in the other room and then we're all sort of waiting, hopeful, laughing, um, sort of expecting good things. Talk of cake. There was, yeah, there was talk of cake. A few people thought there was cake because it was your birthday mark and Jazz's birthday in the sort of the vicinity of that date and so everyone sort of was expecting something a little more positive and then they they came in and I distinctly remember my smile just dropping. <laughs> <laughs> just, I could just I could just feel the transformation on my face and as they said that you know we were great but they didn't want us anymore um, and yeah it was you know it was, it was sad but we all sort of I think everyone sort of was in good spirits about it, and we all sort of had a had a drink. And Evan was in the bathroom doing a poo. <laughs> That's right. He, he walked out and poo said, was it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have a good authority. Uh, and walked out and kind of just got the gist from everyone's face. Uh, my, yeah, his 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 autobiography would be called "My Life in the Toilet." Right? Yeah, yeah, it um, is, yeah. It's just a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. What we might do now is answer some audience questions. Um, Alex Angus writes, was it hard making the show knowing it was cancelled? Did it, did it change your approach? For example, more experimental. One thing I'll say firstly about this, uh, I won't name who it was because I, I don't think it, yeah, I don't think they'd want me to. One person kept thinking, saying, you guys, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we won't know who it was, but it was the one person with a Brooklyn accent who worked on the show. You guys should show those uh, generic ep episodes and then just use the day to make pilots for different for shows. For different shows. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good idea. It's a, it's a lovely idea. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lovely idea. Yeah, it. and it's also a lovely idea. Like, which, which is surprising, a surprising idea coming from someone who works in TV, the idea that it's like, you should just make other shows during the day. Uh, like, that's, it, it felt like something someone would say on Twitter, which is just like, you guys could just do this, like, with your own money, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, so that was one suggestion internally. <laughs> internally. Um, but I think what Nick said quite early on was that you wanted the final episodes to be our best episodes and I think when you said that it was so there was never a feeling of like oh well we just kind of phone it in or something mm. I think it's definitely instilled a, the idea of yeah let's really make sure we um, go with a bang yeah go with a bang and, and also, and also yeah. just the, and also just the idea of um, I mean that was there was a huge amount of reasons for that like we're all young, so the, we've all got careers ahead of us. So there's no like, there's no use being bitter or angry about something that you go, yeah, this is that, and it's we're gonna do something else. Um, and also, like, 
we have a really nice work environment most of the time. Like it's a like generally, I mean, at least from my point of view, I like coming to work and working with everyone here. So for for it to suddenly be that people don't like turning up or don't try, um, that would become a really bad place to be for a month and a half. Um, it would not be a place where I would want to come to work. Like if any if everyone's energy dipped and people sort of went, oh, I don't care what happens. Because from our point of view, obviously, like the show wouldn't be back, but from everyone else's point of view, uh, they didn't know yet. And so they're tuning in each night wanting to watch the show that they love. And if the show that they love suddenly sucks because the people who work on it don't care, well, you really shouldn't have liked that show in the mm. first place. And then when it gets cancelled, you go, oh, good, it was getting shit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and you want to you make something that you're proud of anyway, regardless of... Regardless you know, of... <clears throat> You set out to do a season of a show. You want to make that season a good season, even if it's the last season. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, one thing that it's the only thing that I can think of where it made us. It wasn't really a change, but just that thing of the day. So the the great irony of when we found out that day was the day that in the headlines we did a story about. The, just I think the whole headlines was just about ABC budget cuts mm. and going through the various shows that had been listed as potential cuts. And in the back of my mind, I thought there's a good chance we could be mm. cut, but we're not currently being talked about, so mm. we won't we won't reference <laughs> ourselves. But anyway, so that we, we did this thing about ABC budget cuts, and I went to you, Nick, to go. Is the ABC going to be okay with us talking about like their decision making and you know because not that we were planning to be particularly critical but just it doesn't necessarily make them look good. Mm. Are they going to have a problem with it? To which you replied a version of screw them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, not in a, not in a bitter way but just like a, you you were just sort of like oh to hell with it and I thought oh that's a great attitude only later <laughs> finding out that because you knew that it didn't matter. <laughs> um, and so, yes, finding out that we were cut on the day that we'd done a story about ABC budget cuts seemed... Uh, Felt appropriate. Yes. <laughs> it seemed like a nice bookend to that day. Um, yeah, I can't think of any, any other ways that we... I don't actually think tonally anything really changed. The next day was kind of just a bit sad. Mm. But then after that, everyone kind of just kicked back up into normal mode. And, mm. and it went like that all the way up until the end that everyone... It, like, it never really felt like... It didn't, and it didn't feel like you were sort of clinging to some dead thing or something mm. like which I was worried about I was like oh I hope people don't just start quitting or something because <laughs> <clears throat> this wasn't t- I think there wasn't time to kind of react to it no because you, you're just you're just on like the same deadlines still apply the same yeah. the same artistic like um, challenges need to be met and, and like Sin said really like it doesn't really matter who's watching the show it's just we're making something that makes us laugh so as long as we do that then like it's it's success as sappy as that sounds and the other thing is like i think that it's, it feels from from people some people online that if, if they almost feel like we were cancelled in the middle of the season and then that mm. show directly replaced us like we, we were cut to make way for them yeah but the reality is we're always going to finish on that date and have yeah you know, three they always hiatus. needed to put content on so there. it I think, you know, the reality of next year not being at the ABC doesn't really need to hit until... Until... At, at least after Christmas. Yeah, you know? until it's like, oh, right, these guys wouldn't... This is when this would usually be back. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so thank you for that question, Alex Angus. Uh, show Me The Evidence asks... <laughs> uh, 
Uh, how did the group meet and what were you all doing before the roast? We've sort of talked about this before, but um, it was a, all sorts of different things. Seton and Jazz were brought in because they were doing stand-up and uh, I'd taken you, Nick, along to see them. Uh, you knew Tom and... Yeah, I knew Tom. Uh, Charles and I had the idea to do this one-minute version for Fairfax. I knew Tom and I was like, hey, can you come do the voice because I don't want to do the voice. It was, at that time, it was just a clip show. Uh, Sean and Kara lied their way into a job. Sean pretended that he knew how to use Final Cut and Kara was the one who actually did know that, so she had to come along with him. Uh, Evan stumbled into the job by emailing Charles and Charles just said turn up and Charles wasn't in the office and Evan turned up and I just sat there and stared at Evan and just went, well, I'll never like you. Um, and, then, uh, and then Clark happened to work, I've been friends with Clark for years and years and he was working in the office and so dragged him in. And Where did you meet Clark? Uh, through a mutual friend, uh, a guy called Josh, Josh Wakely, a writer. So you met socially? or you, Yes, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, just through, like, uh, I worked with Josh, Charles and I used to work with Josh on a couple of things and Clark is an actor and so would, was in some of those things and he Josh and Josh, Clark were living yeah. together and so I've known Clark for about six or seven years mm -hmm. now. Um, Josh now, just if those of you interested, is a name to look out for, Josh Wakely, because he's, he's got the rights to use the Beatles songs he's for got, some animation He's got the film. best deal. He, like, uh, Josh, <clears throat> Josh is someone who is... Josh is an enigma. He, like, he's, a, he's a writer, he's written so much stuff but never actually got anything produced. And then the first thing he gets produced is he knew someone at Sony, he pitched them an idea of using the Beatles back catalogue and now he's got this animation, um, this sort of multi-million dollar show over in LA with Sony um, about using Beatles songs as part of a children's animated show. Yeah, like um, Beatle bugs or something? Uh, Beat bugs. Beat bugs, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so that's how I knew Clark. And then, uh, and then you met Clark, you were working with him, um, and uh, Clark just brought you along to a meeting one day where you just sat in the corner and I got really annoyed <laughs> because I was like, who is this person? I have no idea who this is. And then afterwards I met you and I was like, oh no, you're nice. Uh, you introduced me to Seton and Jazz in, through the form of taking me to their show. Uh, who else do we have that works here? Uh, well, Alex. Alex came from 24 this year. Um, yeah. uh, Melina also came from the Melina ABC. Melina came from the ABC. Um, Dave was... Dave, yeah, Dave was a Dave. You knew. I Dave, knew Dave. Right? I had a mutual friend, and um, and then Dave was an intern on the two minute. Yeah, he popped over version. a couple of times, and, and then just made. I think. Well, I mean, it's a reflection of his ability, but also his commitment to getting a job on the show. I mean, he, yeah, he really made a fake episode of why he should be hired, and he's just got like he, he's a great writer, but he's also just got a really positive energy, which mm. is good because like. A lot of us don't. Seton has a very positive energy, but like yeah. I don't, and Jazz doesn't, and you don't, don't. And, Tom doesn't <laughs> and Tom doesn't have a soul. Um, so little, yeah, little toy man, little little tin soldier, um, and and I think that is that everyone. I feel like I've missed someone, but maybe I haven't. So yeah, um, so we yeah we sort of it, it was sort of cobbled together over a couple of years. Yeah, that's it. Um, so then on to. Grant Newson or Sir Grant Newson? Uh, I think right? it's Sir. It's Sir. I love that the the Knights and Dames thing still lives on on, yeah. on Twitter. Just wondering if the coast, sorry, just wondering if the roast cast are going to put on some disguises and venture into G twenty area just for fun. It's not really our bag. No, uh, uh, particularly the last time that happened, Chaz was one stop away from getting shot. 
and now they would just shoot them at the beginning of that. <laughs> what? So what are you talking about? Well, he's he's referencing APEC. Yeah. So Chaz. Oh, Chaz. Like, so I thought you said Jazz. Oh, sorry, no, Chaz. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, yeah, like, uh, like, at that point, they just didn't believe that they would get through the first mm. checkpoint, and they got through like three. And at the next checkpoint, that checkpoint would have been shoot upon sight. Uh, so now they just shoot upon sight from the front. Right. Yeah. So I thought I thought Jazz perhaps had had some sort of anarchic history. Um, we don't know his backstory. You may <laughs> Who well, knows? Um, that can't be his real name. No, he's going to hate hearing yeah. it. Uh, the Narelle Fian rides in. Narelle, Narelle, Narelle. Uh, uh, I used to work for Narelle. Yeah, full disclosure. Uh, have you had feedback from the Palm United Party at all? Do they like their <laughs> cartoonized selves? I'd love to know that. So I, we've definitely had feedback had from Palmer. I think it was just in relation to an actual story, like that we they it was they a story we, rather than the cartoon. It was we. I can't remember what the story was, but it was something stupid that they did, and that we we called them out for it, and they said, "Oh, you're just buying into the new cycle, and here's that." And it, oh, it was oh, it was the Palmer money. Palmer wanted school, money. School, yeah, for school kids. Yeah, something about the school kids bonus or something, and they said that they were doing it to help people, and we were going, "No, no, no, you're obviously just doing it to help yourself." which they were, uh, and so they, they tweeted us and said, you know, um, uh, don't believe the lies, here's all the things you didn't mention, and we were like, no, we, we did mention those, we just mentioned them and said that you were lying. Um, uh, but then it did imply to me, and then they started following us on Twitter, so it did imply to me that they've seen Lamy and the Brick. Mm. They must have. I don't. I don't think that. I actually don't think that there's a way that they couldn't have seen it. I think someone's going to cut someone out a clipping. There's hand no way if someone made an animated show about me, mm. it would get to me. Like even yeah. if I never saw it on TV, someone would have sent it. But let's not forget that once upon a time, one of our interns came in for a week. Not knowing that we had done a story about them that a year true. earlier. That, that was not true. particularly positive. That is true. Um, anyway, so... But yeah, uh, but yeah. I, so I'm sure that they've seen it. Th I would think so, but I don't know what they feel about it. I'm um, sure they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that like... Clive Palmer's attitude has always been to, to weirdly appropriate any kind of criticism. Like, he sort of... I think he thinks it's the sort of all publicity is good publicity yeah. sort of thing of just like, yeah, he, he, he owns it so it can't actually be used against him, which is wrong because it's still used like against someone, him. Like, <laughs> someone had made some other <clears throat> cartoon or some, some video about Clive Palmer a couple of years ago and... He ended up, and it was critical of him and made fun of him, and he ended up using it for his campaign launch. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Snorlax Monster Great. tweets, If the show is no longer running, are you guys still going to use Twitter and Facebook to post cool stuff? I think there's room for that. I mean, we'll definitely be the... putting up... Sorry. Oh, well, there's the, the videos that Nick's editing together. Yeah, so, so there's that be... stuff, and then there's, there's something else that we're talking about doing, which will be good, which will sort of go along with the first one of those videos. Um, oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and I think... And, yes, we will be. Um, we definitely will be, in some capacity. If, and the Snorlax Monster also writes, if you're at liberty to do so, exactly how low budget was the average episode? Uh, I don't think we were at liberty to say... To, to state... To state... State... state explicitly... You can't but, say an actual figure, uh, but... Suffice it to say that, like, a normal TV show would be made for the price of, like, in this country, on that channel, in the kind of thing that we would have done, you would say you could buy 
maybe uh, two really good Mercedes for one episode. And the price that we made our episode for, you you couldn't buy a good Vespa. <laughs> you would buy a second-hand Vespa that had a lot of miles. If you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... But basically, it's very... I mean, really... So if you've got, you got a carsales.com.au and look up Vespas from 2011 with about 150,000 Ks on them, that's about how much the show costs. Yeah. I mean, crazy cheap. Uh, tell me right now. I'll, I'll say another analogy and then you can tell me whether or not to cut it. Yeah. But something like Celebrity Splash. Yeah. Which ran for, I don't know, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that... For, the, for, for, for roughly the amount that it cost them to make 10 episodes, you could have made 10 years of the roast. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, on to Terra Nullius. That's Terra. Double R-O-R. Sorry, I'll say one more thing. Mm. Uh, you know how people go, people <laughs> describe rich people's income as being like, Gina Reinhardt makes in a day <laughs> what you make in 10 years? You... <laughs> Uh, between now and the end of the year, you will probably make more than the budget of this show for an episode. So, like, yeah. So, Terra, actually, this question for Terra Nullius is not really relevant, but we'll just say it anyway. <laughs> Where the hell is the green army we were promised my nature strip needs mowing? Fair enough. Good question. Duncan Watson. <laughs> Uh, the big question, this is the big question, this mm. is from Duncan Watson. The big question, what reason, if any, apart from budget cuts, did the ABC give for axing the show? Do you think they really did? It's not really their place to... No, say. I mean, like, maybe they hated it. They'd yeah. never tell us. Um, yeah. Like, and, and no, I, I wouldn't if I was in their position. Uh, the, the, but everything we've had from them so far has been, look... We think you guys are really talented and we're excited to help you make whatever you want to make next. Um, I think there's a, there's a variety of reasons. Look, one of the main ones would be scheduling um, and that they... Other people make shows that conflict with our show and that our show is a weird space to have to program around. Many, many in TV would say <laughs> 10 minutes is, is not a show. Many, many who watch TV <laughs> say that as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's... Sav Wallace's question. I have a question. Why 10 minutes? Mm. I understand it's triple the work for a full half hour, but from a programming point of view, 10 minutes seems to be annoying. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, but in terms of why 10 minutes, that was... Where did the... Who, how did that come up? So, the well, the because the first, the first show that we sold them was this interstitial, so it was two minutes. It was just this tiny thing. Um, but we were actually a pet project of someone who worked at the ABC and they kind of just went, I really like this show and I will scrape together enough money to give you a spot. And so 10 minutes was the amount of money that could be scraped together to make that show. So it was kind of, we were always this weird little Frankenstein show where it was like, oh, <clears throat> different departments got a little bit of money stolen from them and sort of pushed aside in a box called The Roast that then would be given to us every year. Um, and so uh, 10 minutes was the amount, was the size of that box. Hmm. There you go. Aaron Mason, would you guys consider going to an online format? Uh, 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're we're currently in conversations uh, with a few different places about a few different ideas, um, networks and companies and all that sort of thing. So I can't really talk too much about it, but we'll definitely let you know quite soon. A lot of people ask us about crowdfunding. What's your what's your take on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Crowdfunding is interesting. I guess that the. the uh, one of the problems with crowdfunding, which I think is what a rational fear found when they did theirs, because theirs was successful and it went ahead, is that it kind of works once, mm -hmm. and then, and then you go, well, other people need to start paying money in some capacity to continue this thing, and we, and that works for something that no one has seen before, but. Plenty of people have seen our show, so uh, so what I mean by that is like you crowdfund something, you make sort of six weeks worth of material, and then you hope that that six weeks worth of material is enough that either people want to pay a subscription to watch your stuff, or uh, a company will want to invest as a sponsor, or someone will pick it up, or whatever. Uh, but we've already made a huge back catalogue, so if anyone wants to do our show, they they can see what what we've done. So we're sort of going into meetings with the idea of like, oh no, we've you know exactly what we are, so like, why why are you meeting with us now? Um, with crowdfunding, I feel like we would just sort of use this money for a short stint, and then it would just end again, and it would be like, oh no, this wasn't, this isn't a business model for us. Crowdfunding is a way to get attention, and we've already got attention, so yeah, yeah, I guess yes, yeah. so I guess it would be temporary. It'd be difficult to maintain. Yeah, and so and and crowdfunding is particularly difficult when it comes to something that isn't a product. Like, and by that I mean like something you can buy and keep because it's great for giving you enough capital to make that iPhone stand that you want to make. Mm -hmm. But then you start selling it, and then you start making money from it. Whereas with with online stuff, with video stuff, to have it as a business model going forward, uh, it's actually I would feel a little bad taking people's money. When, when the, it's like we can already just go have that meeting with the next step person anyway. I'd rather the government took the money and then gave it to us. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I would love, yeah, took the money from you guys. and You've been crowdfunding us for years now. <laughs> uh, Kit Irina writes, I want to know if the roasters get annoyed on Facebook. When people don't leave comments on a post, they just tag a friend. Mm. And if a friend does respond to being tagged, it's usually, OMG! Sometimes you'll see a post that has 50 comments and you might think, hmm, what are people saying? They're saying nothing. Do you think that they should share the post or at least just bloody say something? I love this person. <laughs> it feels like uh, Kid Irina is actually just a, a made-up name for someone working on the show. Yeah, Just Mark. like venting, venting no, I their opinion. No, I love the... Con I, I actually um, I don't agree with Kit. Really? Because I hate it. I hate it from a... If I wanted to, contri if I wanted to know what people were saying yep. and if I wanted to contribute to a conversation yes I find it annoying yep. but for me if I see that let's say well like, just like if like if we did a headline segment mm. and we put it online and then people are tagging their friends I actually find that really exciting this person enjoyed it and they they've got a friend who they think will I'm love it I'm all for that just share it and tag them putting it in the comments for okay. me is where I'm not and look I mean I'm getting angry that people like the content so uh, <laughs> but for me it's like it, it you get a discussion going in there and then suddenly there's just 10 names mm -hmm. of people I'm like share it because then more people will see it and you'll tag that person in that's why I don't like it okay okay uh, Kimberly Snow 
Let's talk, this is a question for me. How do you keep your hair like that? <laughs> well, Kimberly. It's not like that right no, now. No, it's a wig. <laughs> um, uh, just gel. Uh, and care. Like uh, what, though? You just have, like, nice... You have, like, a haircut. Right? Yeah, like I go, I go to, I go to Ray Martin's hairdresser. This is true. Yeah. Ray Martin's hairdresser. And I say, give me the Ray. Yeah, and then I, and then I put gel on it. I, 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 are you going to grow it out a bit longer? <clears throat> At the moment, probably. Because right now you're, you're scruffy like I usually am. Mm. Seton usually is. Because normally, obviously, like shadow of a man. Yeah, like <laughs> I kind of got away with it all the years on the show because. My show is a screw you guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh. and it was my character. The, like, I would never do up my top button. I would never shave. My hair is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but you always obviously needed to look very presentable, and so did Tom. Mm. Very clean cut, very TV. Mm. Um, I remember years ago uh, when we were doing the two minutes, and I told Tom, you know what? You look good with some stubble. Like, you don't look like such a fake little robot boy. <laughs> um, like, you should grow some stubble. I got an email from Charles. Oh yeah. Who said, just one, it was like. It was angry. Yeah, it was like, like, tell Tom to shave. No one on television has Five O'Clock Shadow. Beards aren't funny. (laughs) To which my response was, I know, it's not supposed to be a joke that he's got a beard. It's the, and now everyone has a beard on TV. I even posted pictures of like Charlie Pickering, the Charlie Pickering, on the project with a bit of cheeky stubble. And so then, obviously, when I started appearing on TV, I was just, it was just <laughs> beard all the way. Charles, any, any additional comments? Well, uh, Look I'm who got cancelled. I'm copying Charlie Pickering. <laughs> Say that again? I'm glad you're copying Charlie Pickering. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but now, the point being that you, Mark, now you're growing some stubble, that hair is growing along at the back. Well, yeah, this is the thing, I've like- I've seen you with long hair. You look good. I just, I think just with the show, like, because especially because of the Friday episodes, there was that thing where we would take our favourite headline bits and put them together. You need consistency. You need consistency. And, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but, like, I had, a, I had a really specific system set up of, like, what days and what time I would mm. shave so I would ha- be able to keep it consistent because mm. the hair growth, facial growth grows back quite quickly. But I didn't want to shave every day because mm. then you can make it quite raw. So I had to, all sorts of stupid stuff. So right now I'm just enjoying not yeah. worrying about any of that dumb yeah. stuff. So I might let it go for a bit. Um, actually, until someone tells me otherwise. Uh, and Zoe Doherty, the wonderful Zoe Doherty, who sent us some terrific questions. Um, actually, we'll get to Zoe in a, que- in a moment. Sorry. Marcus Little asks, will the podcast be continuing? Uh, no. Uh, Zoe Doherty, <laughs> um, I'll be doing future things with a podcast. We might, and some of us might. I'm sure we'll be curious to dabble in some form of podcast. Yeah, I think for it just sure won't be. The, it just won't be the pod roast because yeah. there's no roast to pod. Yeah, I mean, we we perfectly for about a minute entertained the notion of oh, what if we just recapped the episodes we would have made? Yeah, and uh, that, that, that that's, like that's an awful amount. Terrible of idea. Um, actually, that was the one thing that <laughs> that I said. Half jokingly, when uh, after uh, the announcement was made of the cancellation, I heard myself shout out, "What about the pod roast?" Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. And uh, to which the ABC went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Uh, support always appreciated. Uh, Zoe Doherty, uh, yes, she sent us very, very, very good questions before. So she's asked, um, "Yes, how long have you known that it would all be ending?" So that was yeah, about that's six probably, weeks, yeah, something six. like that. Five weeks, five, six weeks. Any recommendations for similar Australian satirical comedy? I'm already on to Irrational Fear. I hear Charlie Pickering's doing a new show. 
Yeah. Um, the the shovel, the mm-hmm. stringer daily, the source report. Is that what I want to say? Or the source? Yeah, is the source. Is it just the source? Um, SBS comedy. There's a lot of good um, online, like, written stuff. In terms of videos, I've heard people talk about the friendly Geordies. I've not seen Yeah, it. I haven't seen that. There's, um... I mean, look, if you rap, look... At, is this like a rap? Yeah, the rap, the rap guy. News, yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, we're doing... I mean, you've got McAuliffe. McAuliffe's more of a sketch show, though. Like, um... Like yeah. It's, it's, it's not so much analysing. It's more sketch-based stuff around around the news, uh, using it as a launching pad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't... It's nothing like us, I guess. And then, yeah. of course, the... You know, like... Overseas, the well, no, you've said you've said Australian, so it's just us, really. Yeah, it's just us. Yeah, so. kind of doing what we're yeah. doing. Something may pop up in the future. Yeah. How long until you can announce what's next for the show slash everyone? Yeah. No. Uh, like. Let me know something. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll let you know. Everything's in discussions right now. It won't be. It's not. We're not talking months. We're talking weeks. And finally, and <laughs> on a high note, did anyone cry <laughs> at the party or in the last week? I yes, they did. Any, oh, did they? Well, they did at the announcement. Oh, the announcement. Right, yeah, yeah, not yeah. In, in the last week, I think everyone's been pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Don't want to stifle those emotions. Um, I know that our you almost production... cried when you got a PS4, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, yeah, I got given a PS4 by everybody at the rap party. That was lovely. Um, uh, I'm very much appreciated. Thank you very much. I but like the jab you had just before you received it about getting one. <laughs> getting one, yeah. We didn't know what to get you. Well, someone knows what to get me. Yeah, because <laughs> Dave you. said we can't, you know, because because the work you put in and blah blah blah. It was like it seemed like we we couldn't get you any sort of material gift. And I was like, no, no, Jill knows exactly what I want. And then Dave was like, so I got you a PS4. I was like, oh, I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> uh, Jillian cried at the rap party, but that's just because she was really drunk and angry. <laughs> Um, she she was so abusive. Um, we all went to Jillian's house after after we were at the sort of bar and restaurant and blah blah blah, and we dragged all her furniture out onto the street and sort of sat on the street like it was Wayne's World. Um, but then but then she just got really abusive to everybody except kind of except for me. She was quite nice to me, but she sort of like Satan. What sort of abuse? Well, just like like I mean, sort of. She's <laughs> Irish and so always drunk, and so <laughs> she she just she just sort of has this attitude, this sort of gruff attitude. She's a lovely girl, but um, but <laughs> <Gruff>. uh, but <laughs> super gruff. Um, but then like we're all in her kitchen getting drinks, and she was like, I'm not allowed to swear, am I? Oh, who cares? Uh, in the kitchen, and she's like. Oh, uh, you're, you're fucking! You're all in my kitchen again. Get the fuck out of my house! And then, uh, and so it's like, okay, well, like she's like, do you want a drink? And it's like, yeah, we want a drink. She's like, well, get, get in the fucking fridge and get a drink. And so she'd open up the fridge and, like, it's Satan at one point. She goes, Satan, you want a drink? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he leans into the fridge to get a drink. And she's like, get out of my kitchen, you dickhead! <laughs> and it was, so it was, yeah. And then, and then I think she, she just kind of cried for no reason and then went to bed. <laughs> in the street or in her own no room? in her own bed when we were just at her house with all of her furniture outside of her house going well she's in bed now so I don't really know what to do I left before that before the end so yeah. I assume all this feels like you like should that. leave when the host is in bed yeah, yeah yeah as a rule you you and Jazz just sort of snuck off oh well we went down for dinner because I'd missed the, the finger food right yeah because I, I heard that Charles ate it all yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we went down for dinner and then after that 
we were just tired and so that was it um, and uh, but we wished everyone well yeah. didn't say it explicitly no but, but in, our, in our brains yeah <laughs> a general feeling of goodwill yeah <laughs> um, well that's really all now there's going to be um, a few more guests David Ferrier Melina Wicks and Jazz Twemlow should be joining uh, me for a Skype session for the next part of the pod roast which they, they couldn't join us for today so we'll kind of leave it there with you guys um now, traditionally, we've always ended on the least favourite person of the week. Mm. And so we thought, do we do a least favourite person of the year? But then that sounds like a horribly definitive, cruel thing. And, and why thought, does Evan need to find out about that? <laughs> <laughs> and then what if it was a favourite person of the, of the and year? And how bad will Evan feel when it's not him? Yeah, and then yeah, that could get all soppy, so... Uh, I don't really have an answer to, to this, but is there anyone that you wanted to say anything either negative or positive about? Um, look, I've made my stance pretty clear on a certain <laughs> person, but um, but for everyone besides him, uh, no, for for everyone, uh, just an amazing couple of years. I think everyone everyone just worked so well together. There was a real sense of this was sort of something that we're all really passionate about, and we did because we were passionate about it. And I think particularly, I know Mark, you and I have had this conversation recently, having stopped doing it, realizing how much you liked doing it mm -hmm. and want to continue doing it. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes down to the people that we worked with who were just a really great group of people who I sort of had the pleasure of coming to work with every day and hanging out with. And I just, I had more fun on this job than I've had in pretty much any other experience in my life. Um, it was just, it was such a joy to come to work every day and hang out with everybody that, um, that I'm just incredibly grateful that we got that opportunity in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who, uh, I mean, amazing, just amazing uh, tweets and Facebook messages and lovely, like really such a great amount of support and I, th I think I've seen three different petitions to save the yeah. show. Yeah, I'd really prefer if you guys just joined your petitions together so it raises that number. But still, <laughs> uh, that's that's lovely. Um, yeah, just yeah, an, an amazing amount of people coming out saying that they love the show, and I think and you know. The other thing that I love is that uh, people going, I'm really excited for what you guys do next, and I think that's great that. They sort of, there are people out there who are interested in what we do as as creatives, let alone just the thing that we do now. And I think that, that I, I never really imagined in my life that that's something that would happen. I just always imagined I would work in TV somehow, but never, never actually thought that I'd have people who know who I am. So. Hmm. Um, and outside of the roast, where can people find you in future? Nick, you're on uh, Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter, Nickboy, N-I-C-H-B-O-Y. Um, and uh, look, add me on your Xboxes and I'll play games with you because that's what I'm going to be doing for the next Are you Nickboy on Xbox? I am. And Seton, where can everyone find you? Yeah, Twitter, Seatonks. Uh, uh, I'm also so on Xbox like, now so that I'm yeah, terrible. See, Hang on, say. See, Seatonks. Seatonks. Seatonks blew my mind because it's... Because for, for, I thought Seatonks, I never got it. I thought it was, to me it was always like the ocean and that character from Harry Potter. And then when you just pointed out that it's actually Seaton KS. Just my name. It exploded me. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, it's just Seaton KS, but Seatonks on Twitter. 
Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And you on Facebook? Oh well? uh, yeah, on Facebook. Seaton K Smith. And me as a personal friend. <laughs> no, 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 you got a you got no, a. No, true, true. I, I have a, a professional page. You started a fan page. I did. I had desperation. Um, yeah, just looking out for number one, really. Mm. <laughs> it looks like it's going well, though. I I, I sort of see it every now and again and it's got a hundred more than it did last time oh so. yeah no thank you for everyone that's that's uh, liked mark humphrey's comedy on facebook was um, mark humphrey's taken uh i guess so yeah <laughs> you no i don't think so a professional yeah there must be someone yeah anyway uh yeah and twitter on at uh, humphrey's mark and uh and at the david ferrier uh he'll be coming out later on <laughs> but, uh, but he'll plug that as well so yeah uh thank you very much chaps uh, thank you for joining us and thank you listeners we're going to take a break and when we're back we'll be back with David Ferrier and uh, those other people bye and joining us now for the remainder of the pod roast is three very special guests uh, who obviously were regularly on the pod roast this year and so for the final time please introduce yourselves I'm Melina Wicks I'm David Ferrier and I'm Nick Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the end. To the end. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, so I might start with you, Dave. Uh, we've talked, I spoke with Nick and Seton about that final day and getting the episode there just in time. Could you give us your version of what that was like? Um, uh, kind of unbelievable that it, that it happened that way. Kind of that the show ended the way it began. Um, because it was about, it was 10 to 7 when uh, Nick came upstairs. Leela had just left. Nick looked in shock because of what they'd gone through and running up behind them became, behind him came uh, Beck and Carl saying that there's no audio on that hard drive. There's no audio. So they ran back downstairs and I was like, oh, my God, we're, we're going we're gonna to play a generic on our last ever episode. And then from downstairs, about a minute later, I hear, Dave, shouted. They come running upstairs. They go, Dave, Dave, we need you to ride to the ABC and take this thumb drive. And like, I was, you know, we, we finished at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. I was well and truly into kind of it's over, let's relax kind of mode. Um, Can we say you were drinking? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't had. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't have gone if I didn't think I could ride, or if I thought I'd had too much. I'd had two beers, and it's a. It's just under two k. So I thought, okay, I'll make it. Um, so they put me on Carl's bike, which uh, is not a good bike. It's just not good. Yeah, um, and they're so I'm getting on. They give me a thumb drive, literally a thumb drive, a tiny little thumb drive. And Carl, as I'm like putting on a helmet and rushing out the door and just like hyperventilating, Carl says, don't change gears while you're driving. Um, he's Swedish. He meant riding. Um, <laughs> so I took off down the road and it was on the lowest gear possible. So there was no traction. So I was pedaling so quickly, but just kind of inching along the road. Um, and uh, eventually I got to a, to a traffic lights where I could move up in gears and kind of get going. But oh, the things that were going through my brain on that ride, just all, it was just like, you can do this. You are going to make this. This is going to be okay. 
Um, so I got there and Leela was out the front of the ABC. So I just handed off the thumb drive to her like it was a baton race. She legged it upstairs um, and then came back downstairs after a couple of minutes and said, uh, they think it's okay. Um, the audio is a little out of sync, but they won't know until they've uh, transferred it to tape. So you go back to the office. I'm going to stick around because I feel like my presence here will pressure them to actually do it as opposed to just writing a generic. So I've got to give major credit to Leela for actually for doing that. Mm. Um, so I turned around and made my way back to the office. I got walked through the door at 20 past 7 and shortly after I arrived back, uh, they got the call that it was going to air. So 10 minutes before it was on t- TV, we didn't know is when we found out it was actually going on. Mm. But half an hour before it was on TV, it was in my pocket <laughs> while I was on a bicycle. It's right, so, right so analogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd and think there'd exactly be a more the digital system. At the, at, the start of the, at the start of last year when I was uh, the runner. So it seemed only fitting, really. It was, there is some poetry there. Yeah, it's nice to look into that. Well, yeah. as you say, you, you, you started with us as, uh, well, you obviously originally you were an intern, but then you started us with us as a runner slash writer and then, and yes, ended, ended it uh, as that runner for one one last shining moment. Um, then, I, then I had to come back and I, I was on social media that night, so I had to <laughs> sit down and start live tweeting the show. It's, um, it's, in, it's interesting. I followed a similar arc because I before the roast I was unemployed and uh, now I'm, I'm unemployed again. So it's, it's come full circle, really. Quite beautiful. Uh, so well, yeah. Looking now that we're looking at. Uh, the sort of uh, then, then and now, we might just have a general talk about how the show has changed from. Uh, what do we talk about this year specifically? Because we've discussed how the changes from previous years, from the two-minute show and what have you. But just, I wonder. Um, we'll start with you, Melina. Whether you can observe any uh, changes within the show from the start of the year, which which was obviously obviously a completely new experience for you joining the team. Mm. How do you feel the show changed over the course of the year? There were two really big changes that stood out for me. Um, looking sort of back from the beginning to end. One was sort of in in the sort of overall approach to making the show in a sort of broader sense and and then the other was sort of more in terms of process. So, I mean, in terms of a broader sense, I think throughout the year, um, the thing which really changed was just becoming more and more focused on being on point um, and always sort of looking at, you know, what is the satirical point of what we're trying to say? Like I, I kind of got a sense at the beginning of the year when I came in, that that was sort of one thing that, that got considered, but it was sort of a lesser priority compared to um, other kinds of things, like, you know, just in terms of a sketch, what's just sort of a, a funny sketch without necessarily drawing it as strongly back to um, what we're trying to say about the topic that we're talking about. And I think that was something which we had started talking about it from the very beginning, but throughout the year it was really noticeable that that moved to become the sort of central focus of everything that we did. So I would say from, from maybe a couple of months in that became, and especially that was, you know, very much driven by Nick um, that as we would discuss the, the story that we're covering that day, you know, and then every discussion we'd have, 
after of you know what we're gonna what's what are the cutaways gonna be what's tom saying what what are you saying mark what's the social media thing about every single thing was well what's the point we're making what do we want to say about the story does this cutaway make sense in terms of the point that we're trying to make overall is that point clear are people going to understand it that became the really sort of explicit focus of everything that we did um and i wouldn't say that was necessarily the case at the beginning of the year um but i think that that really made the show a lot stronger and i think for people i got a lot of feedback over the year that the show was getting better and better all the time and i think a lot of it came down to that becoming our main focus um mm in terms of everything that we did. So that, that was a big, that was the sort of biggest overall change in the direction of the show, I think, that, you know, really sort of changed throughout the year and was noticed by a lot of people watching, I think. And then the other thing was we sort of changed the way that we write the show, um, maybe not so much in the headlines, but for the rest of the show. Um, a big thing, I think, was um, the amount of jokes that we put in Tom's section. So it, at the beginning of the year, again, it sort of started as more Tom introduces the facts of the story and then most of the comedy focus was in the cutaways and then it sort of changed where we started doing a process which I think is the process you've always used in headlines correct me if I'm wrong of um basically having fact set up and then everyone just coming in and putting in a bunch of alternate joke punchlines to that setup mm. um and by doing that it meant that there was basically everyone was redirecting a lot of focus to putting as many jokes as possible in Tom's section. Um, and that's, I think that also really kind of was an improvement over the year that we allowed Tom to be funny as well. And it basically just meant that the whole 10 minutes, every single part of it was like, you wouldn't ever really go more than a line or two without a joke. And I think that also was something that changed quite a bit throughout the year and for the better. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So great, Jazz. Did um, can you think of any anything that you observed? Any changes over the course of the year? Yeah, um, I'd say sort of similar to what Melina said. Um, I, I I definitely agree. We had there was sort of a a more explicit drive to um, focus on the point um, later on. Um, and the interesting thing about that was I, I, it kind of felt like we almost got too obsessed. Um, with that somewhere in the middle of the year. Um, so I think kind of, I, I, maybe I'm imagining it, but it feels like we had fewer cutaways sort of at the sort of three, four, five month mark because it was more focused on, okay, well, but what are we saying with this? And perhaps that's easy, most easily expressed coming out of someone's mouth. So whether that was like, you know, Alex, um, Tom, myself, or Nick. Um, so there were fewer cutaways, I think. Um, but then towards the end of the year, maybe maybe even just in the last month or even the last two weeks, um, it felt like we found a way to fuse that drive for the point that Melina was talking about with a bit more sort of um, frivolous flair. Um, and I think that's probably when the show works best is when not all the, the episode is fictional weirdness because that would be that would be a difficult watch. But um, there was I think that there was a, an increased balance between someone saying something pointed on camera to camera mm. and 
you know, and but then a bit of room for, um, yeah, some sketches or cutaways that reinforce that point. So I think there was a bit more Clark in the last month, I would say, and that was it was nice to find that way of channeling that energy that Melina was talking about in both in two directions, you know, um, to point on camera, but also, yeah, cutaways and fictional universe creating stuff yeah and i think if you compare this year's show to last year's show yeah i think there certainly was a a real drop off in the number of cutaways um but perhaps a greater emphasis on making sure that those cutaways did yes say something of, of value um and dave for you can you think of any did you observe any changes um well I feel like we really locked in on um, on getting the the, the the segment ideas because at the beginning of the year we didn't have things like landing in the brick and the Dalton report and and media botch and um, I kind of threw it throughout the year we just refined those and got those really great and um, uh, and of course our our over the year uh, our social media presence just was is a thousand times bigger than it was last year Mm. Um, and I feel like that that's been a great success of this year Um, when you consider that well we had a Twitter uh, for 2013 and and the years before that but it just wasn't used Mm. Um, so for me that's something that uh, has been an interesting Evolution, watching how we use that, and and just the different things that people put out, and noticing the things that work and the things that don't work. Um, yeah, that's been interesting for me. Mm. What doesn't work, Jazz? <laughs> um, what doesn't work? Well, um, uh, Skype is go- to 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 the uh, 23rd time so that's that's, interesting that's fine yeah no I agree I agree Dave (laughs) I'd forgotten about that social media change I think the other thing as well for for us Dave in the headlines was that as the year progressed we made a more concerted concerted effort to uh, do like one story um, in the headlines and really um, yeah, spend three minutes on that. Um, not every day, but just we certainly were on the lookout for those things that felt like they led to uh, you could do some sort of longer piece uh, in, in in that respect. Um, yeah. That changed in Tom's sections as well because I mean, mm. it used to be routine to do two stories and then oh, yeah. towards you know, yeah, the last half of, of the year it was really – it was the exception to the rule then when we did two stories and we really did try to you know prioritize – one big story and covering it in more detail. Yeah, which made, which made it much better, I thought. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of an, an evolution that you see from even back in the two-minute show because when you started, you were doing several stories in the one two-minute thing and then it became one story. And then a similar kind of evolution has happened in uh, this show, even within the headlines, Um you know, with it, where we, like you said, we wouldn't do it every day, but if, if the right thing came up, it would be great to be able to just do one issue for the whole three minutes. Mm. Yes, I agree. Uh, and so uh, we talked about how the show changed, but Melina, I wonder if you can identify whether your own writing style perhaps changed as well. Because when you, you were the out of the, the group here, you were the one that 
you know, you were the newest member of the team. Can you mm. sense, can you sort of identify any way in which from the time that you joined the show to the end of the show, how your own either writing style or ability, you know, evolved? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was, um, I think my writing style changed with the show, I would say. I mean, I looked back at, at, at the example script that I wrote for Nick before I came to join the show. Um, and it was interesting reading it back because there were things which I could see that I had kind of gotten better at, but also things that were, you know, I was writing to what the show was a year ago and there were things I could see that the show had changed as well. So, I mean, I think for me, um, one thing that I really was, was, was as we started to, in terms of our process, um, doing joke alts for Tom's section, that became a big part of, of my focus was just sort of like figuring out rhythmically and tonally what worked best in those joke alts. And I think in that sense, sort of um, getting a good feel for one-liners, which is not something I'd done a little bit of that on Tracked Monkeys, but aside from that, not really a lot of writing that was like one-liner jokes. That was something I think that um, I got the opportunity to get a lot of experience working on throughout the year, and I think I probably got better at it, I hope. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I felt pretty good about um, uh, my sort of evolving of that over the year, and um, but I think as well, some of it was was sort of me adjusting along with the show. So at the beginning of the year, I was sort of trying to write to what the show was then, um, because it is really important when you write for a TV show that's not a show you created that you're writing in the voice of the show. And so I think at the beginning of the year, I was writing to the voice of what the show was then. And then as the show changed throughout the year, I think my style was evolving with it. But I also think the direction it took um, was probably more to my sort of, I suppose, like strengths and interests anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it kind of did become a bit more um, satirically focused and, and, and much more sort of joke-oriented, um, I found that easier to write to as well than than sort of the kind of show that it was at the beginning of the year, which was sort of a bit harder to get an in with, especially as an outsider, because it was sort of, I suppose, more esoteric and it was a little bit harder to sort of get the balance right that the show was back then as a new person. Mm. Uh, one thing I can't recall whether we discussed this in the previous episode, Melina, but um, so cut me off if we did. You finally did voice a character in Lamy and the Brick. Did we discuss that in the last no, because that, that happened, I think, the day after we last recorded. Right. Wonderful. Well, I, I must ask, Melina, <laughs> so who, who were you? What was, what was that experience? Just run us through that experience. So, so for people who haven't heard me say it on a podcast before, um, I've, I've been um, lobbying for some time to be able to be a voice on Lamy and the Brick. I really love animation, and I really I love Lamy and the Brick, and... I, you know, I always loved any chance I got to write for it, and I really wanted to be able to do a voice. But unfortunately, there aren't a lot of women in politics, um, so statistically, your chances of getting an opportunity as a person with a woman's voice um, are much smaller. So all year, I was kind of just putting it out there that if there was ever an opportunity, I wanted to do it, um, and it just wasn't happening. And so then we wrote what we kind of thought would be the last. It ended up not being the last line in the brick, but we kind of had the sense of it 
probably be the last one that's not like a official last one, um, which was the Halloween episode. And um, we had this sort of thing written in that people were arriving to the Halloween party. And because the writing team of the roaster is such a lovely group of people, everyone was very supportive of trying to help me get in, um, which I really loved and appreciated. And um, so people were, I think um, Cara and Alex wrote the first draft of that. And they initially wrote in a Julie Bishop character called Julie Fishop. Um, and, um, that got cut for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, or I think it was just that her line was not appropriate, but there still needed to be some people arriving. So then we, we sort of quickly brainstormed alternatives and I wrote in the line of, um, Sarah Hampster Young arriving. Um, and that was a little bit more suited to the, the, the new sort of, Thing was that they were coming in and talking about their costumes so I just quickly wrote in a Sarah Hamster Young line and that stayed in and so I got to be Sarah Hamster Young um, <laughs> well done. which was very exciting yes. um, and I think your enthusiasm shines through the performance I think <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed because the it was a we recorded it I think a day or two after we did the Bill Shorten Old Lady Dances and we'd done like about five or six takes which is unusually high number of takes of the dancing but um I kind of had that in the back of my mind, so I sort of thought, okay, I'll get a couple of chances to to work this out. Um, but we just did one take, and um, I think I, I was a little bit wishing that I, I could have done maybe a couple. Um, oh no, no, to, no. To maybe it, but it was still a thrilling experience, and I was very, very happy to yeah, get to do it. It's, so. it's one take of the most unconventional voice recording session. Yeah. Of- where it's one microphone and everyone kind of dances in, like jump, leaps in, says their line, jumps out. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah, yeah that element of it is kind of fun because it's got this weird sort of charged energy where, as you say, Dave, everyone's kind of like jumping in, say, deliver your line, then jump back out and get out of the way for the next person to jump in. And we had a whole chorus of people doing that on this kind occasion. Of, kind, of, kind of feels weird queuing up behind four other people to say brick, brick, brick. <laughs> it's like, can I, can I just say one brick and you can uh, copy and paste it? Well, that's, that's what I love, yes. That every, every, every brick was a new recording. It was yeah. never repeated. I think that was, yeah, much to Nick's sort of chagrin because he would, you know, sometimes if we were doing rewrites, then you'd need all the writers you need. It's like, yeah, we need Jazz down to the uh, studio for Lammy and the Brick. And it's like, yeah, how many lights does he have? Well, he has Brick. And then a bit later, uh, Brick Brick. It's like, right, okay, I'll lose Jazz for 25 minutes for that. What was the rule between whether the line was Brick or Brick Brick? Do you remember? Was there an internal logic of when Brick would <laughs> would double down? Um, that's, it's, that's an interesting question. I... I, I think that's some sort of weird Cara sort of intuition there. Uh, she seems to know the voice of the brick, but um, <laughs> it, from if I can remember correctly, it feels like brick is sort of despondent, uh, sort of like a no, or like a sort of reluctant yes. Um, whereas brick brick is more kind of enthusiastic and and, and can sometimes represent an entire sentence (laughs) and uh, in that was it uh, was it in the final Lammy in the Break where Brick finally said something that wasn't Brick Uh, he said um, it was fancy oh that wasn't in the final one it was in the 
It was in the Jackie Lemmy Halloween one oh, where he said, "Oh no, he did." His last two episodes, he said "block block" oh, <laughs> in the Halloween oh, one because yeah. that was his, his costume. And then in the last, very last Lemmy in the break, he said "hug hug," um, which was which is weird because like if he if he can diversify to new words, I don't know why he would then still just repeat them twice. Like he could he could have feasibly said, you know, in, an entire sentence but he's still stuck to the uh the one word repeated rule does, sorry just does anyone in have in their household someone who's making noise in the background uh that would be me i'm uh the, some lovely construction workers okay. just uh, arrived which is oh, extremely right. frustrating i keep muting my microphone when other people are talking to try and cut that out all right okay we'll try and keep it quick then um well we'll just go to everyone's sort of personal highlights of the year. Dave, can you think of any moments that you particularly are proud of? And it can be, you can do something that of, of your own that you really are pleased with or also if you can think of anything from uh, from the rest of the show from other that other people did. Um, yeah, what were your highlights? Uh, I, lo- I love doing Bajo in Great Game. Mm. Um, getting, to do, getting to do a couple impressions was a real highlight, personal highlight for me. Um, I, I, other highlights... Things like roast breakfast, adult report, lamb in the brick, like they're just great. I'm really gonna remember those fondly. Mm. Um, getting Tom out of the office and into the ABC building was was mm. a really fun thing, um, and just was really great to see uh, the world outside our roast world. Um, but most of all, probably uh, the year since the the election uh, headline segment. Just how well that was received, and 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 the the energy of of when we were writing that in the morning, um, was uh, was really great, really really great. Yeah, it was exciting. I, if, and my yeah, my personal highlight for you was absolutely your impression of Erica Betts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I never have another opportunity to use. Is, I don't know. You don't have to do this, Dave, but if you feel like. If you've got, I don't know, if you've got something near you, a piece of paper with some words on it, if you could read it in the style of Erica Betts or Erica Batts, either one. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do the line which triggered it for me, which was something he actually said. It's basically a bitch session for Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Dave. That's wonderful. Uh, Jazz, what, uh, any highlights? Uh, what comes to mind? Um, gosh, well, there's a lot, isn't there? A lot of the ones... Dave said, I, 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 quite, I really enjoyed your modern weather report because um, that sort of, oh, I can hear construction work now that's, that's not me. That's interesting. Ooh, that's um, somebody else's. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's construction day. Um, that's very handy. Um, you get construction noise in, in Dolby Surround. Um, yeah, I really like the modern weather report because it's sort of, it's something that is close to my heart, like, you know, the, the changing of the language. Um, it was just delivered in a very nice visual way um, and acted very well, so I really enjoyed that. Um, Nick's coal makeover, where he made up coal. Oh, um, so funny. That was yeah. such a great performance from Nick. And I think a really nice combination of his slide-in plus him throwing to something else that's also him. Like, it doesn't happen that often in the in the slide-ins. I thought that was great. Um I really liked Great Game. Mm. That was yeah, that was on my list of things to mention. Um, the Ebola uh, 
Team Australia Airlines. That I thought that was fantastic because it mm. was it was such a nice fusion of like you had some Clark's Clark in there with his voice mm. doing that excellent pilot impression or sort of the tropes of a pilot. Um, Alex was nailed it in there. The animation was fantastic, and most importantly, the point driving the whole thing was was really. Uh, on point so that I thought that was great mm. um, the Apple ad um, yeah for Tom's performance in that um, I wouldn't say it was like my highest in terms of the point we made but definitely in terms of concept and the visualization of it and and you you often forget that Tom sitting behind that desk he is a very physical he's he's a very he's very he's very good at physical stuff. Um, so it was a nice fit for him to be able to have that sort of opportunity to um, go all out in that bit. Yeah. Um, and I really, and then yeah, for me personally, I think the coal, um, the coal is a dying industry thing. Yeah. Um, the jazz journey. The bit. the penny farthing was that the yeah. yeah. I really um, enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think for me, my favorite. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. I would also add. You and Clark as the father and son with the ballet. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. I love those because we did that three times. Mm. And they've got progressively the, 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 the final one where he snaps his own leg. <laughs> um, and we, there was no line in the prompter for me there. Like it says that Clark snaps own leg. And in, the, in that moment, he snapped it. And I just, I just went, yeah. <laughs> which is just really creepy and weird. Um, yeah, it was horrible. But yeah, yeah I love those guys. I'll miss them. Mm. And yes, you, and also just some of the things like you as Obi-Wan Kenobi, you as Gandalf, yeah. all the, those are all, yeah, wonderful, yeah. wonderful as well. Yeah. Uh, Melina, obviously I'm guessing one of the highlights for you was providing a voice in Lammy and the Brick. Any, anything else uh, come to mind? <laughs> that was a highlight. And also... Um, any opportunity to write for Lamb in the Brick. There was one actually which is was in an episode which stood out for me as well, which was um, when it was when Lambie first went on Insiders and started talking about the burka and we did um, a Lamb in the Brick that was a House of Cards parody that I was involved in writing. I loved doing that because I always like writing for Lamb in the Brick and I'm a big fan of House of Cards, so it sort of it was a, a double enjoyable thing for me. And I also really enjoyed that episode overall because I think she was someone who kind of, you know, we'd had a bit of fun with, but I think there was a general feeling that she was generally harmless. And then she'd kind of come out and said all these, like, you know, completely uninformed, you know, pretty um, hateful things. And I think just that whole episode, I remember coming away at the end of the night just feeling like we made the point really strongly against that. And I just remember feeling very sort of satisfied about that and then also sort of way we covered a lot of those ongoing topics like you know team australia stuff um i think we did a couple of good episodes about that and um uh sort of i guess like the budget and 18c and and all those kinds of things but um also particular stories i, I always liked it when we did parodies like i really liked great game and parliament high and um got to write an indiana jones parody in the last week which was a lot of fun mm. Um, and then an episode which really stood out for me personally was when we talked about sharks, um, <laughs> just because um, I really like sharks, and this is sort of um, 
it was a bit out of left field at the time and it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I get to talk about this. Um, I got to do a Jaws parody. I was like writing about something which I kind of already knew quite a bit about and really cared about. And then also for me, it was it was still quite early on. It was only a couple of months in for me. And I think that I, like, I had a really good writing day that day and that was kind of the first day for me, I think, where I came away at the end of the day really feeling like I'd kind of nailed something and that was kind of a, it was like a bit of a, a turning point for me of sort of being like okay like I've, I've figured out how to to do this show in a way that I feel pretty okay about um so that was a really good day for me but but yeah also I mean I think everyone's gonna say it but like the the headlines wrap up of the year um I didn't have anything to do with writing it but um just the way that that cut through um, for so many people was so satisfying. Um, just getting to see, you know, that as a team, we made this comment on the state of politics and that it was, you know, it had obviously touched a nerve with a lot of people. And, and just the fact that it did get such a strong response, I think was really satisfying. I think for everyone, I would mm. say for the team. Yeah. I'd also add just a couple other things that I loved from the year, the sort of Armageddon, um, sort of reimagined if you didn't know that the asteroid was going to hit or comet. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, it's terrible. I'm not sure whether to say asteroid, comet, or meteor. I'm sorry, I don't know which is the correct word. Um, yeah, I, I thought that probably made me laugh the hardest all year. Yeah. Um, especially just Jazz's suggestion of the most mundane piece of dialogue that should be said before the apocalypse. Which yeah, was, what was it? Uh, so you know Alan well (laughs) (laughs) so I loved I loved that I've said this before but I love Clark as the um, retail assistant um, selling furniture Um, that was very early on this year yeah it was really early and and was the long toilet this year yeah long toilets yeah was this year yeah I think that might have even been a test episode oh was it no it went to air I remember that. Yeah, I remember. I remember it because the person long. I was watching it with turned to me and said, "What was that about?" <laughs> yeah, long, long toilet was a hashtag for a, a short time, uh, a few minutes only, but it was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Two things that only happened once that I just uh, I love, and and they could have happened again, but they just didn't. It was the way it is. Uh, roast band. I wish we'd we'd done that more than once because that, that like, tickled yeah. me, and um and roast balls. I mean that would have called the, the right opportunity, but but that was that just makes me laugh from beginning to end. Our version of the uh, the footy show. Mm. Yeah, I particularly like Clark's raspiness in the, in that, um, and I think uh, yeah, and also just the evolution of the. Um, the uh, sorry, the social media callouts that you that you did, Dave. Mm. Uh, I think that's something that uh, really, I think, really grew on people, and um, I think it was a really nice addition. And I think Nick's been sort of cutting together a supercut of those. Yeah, all right. And, uh, so that'll be really interesting to hear. So yeah, I, I think as Nick mentioned, he's yeah, he's cutting together some. Um, yeah, some special online content. So I think you'll get to see a, a lengthy version. Uh, of some of the weirder things that Dave had to say in, in, that, in that role. Social um, media was an interesting one, which went from being something that was like 
when it was new, like a little bit strange tonally and, and a little bit sort of, you know, I think like a bit random and, and weird maybe when we were still figuring out what it was to becoming often like the most pointed part of any episode where because yeah. it's sort of said in, in this like, you know, pretty like like sarcastic tone, it basically meant that we could say something that was like really sticking the knife in and get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes it was the most pointed stuff, it was great. Mm. As you said, we started with, have you ever had a long toilet? Yeah. Not, not a lot of point in that. <laughs> <laughs> and also the evolution of that voiceover guy character, that was something that also evolved, mm. that something that it wasn't just a social media call out or reading out quotes. It was something that towards the end that Tom could actually interact with or the voiceover guy could correct Tom. Or, um, yeah. that, was, that was a nice evolution as well. Became a useful mechanic for sometimes getting getting through information in a in a funny way for like Tom to say the wrong thing and then me to correct him. Um, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, I also just in a broad sense always like any time Nick can slide in, I I always enjoyed that. Like I always like any I always enjoyed getting to write for that when I did on those occasions and and also just watching it. I just I loved it. it was just such a it, w- it was a an option that was always there to just suddenly completely shift tone and bring in a different voice and a different perspective. And Nick always just did it so well. And it, there was some great, we were rewatching one the other day where he was basically telling Ricky Muir to resign and it was so brutal, but it was so funny as well. Um, yeah, that was extraordinary rewatching that. We'd, forgot, we'd forgotten how. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, he did, you know, like ones where he, became temporarily a soccer fan and um, all this killing us these week, this week. Um, I think there were a lot of really great moments that came out of that interaction as well. Agreed. Nick and Tom. Well, we're going to end on a disgusting note. Uh, <laughs> what, um, so Tom Glasson kept a list of things overheard in the writer's room. So obviously these are things that never, these are not like lines from the show that were cut. These are just general things that were said by people in the creation of the show. And so he kept quite an exhaustive list. So I'm going to get you three guys to read out. Um, We'll go uh, Melina, Dave, Jazz in that order as you find ones that you want to read. yeah, give us a taste, and you know it doesn't matter really who said. It. I don't know if we can necessarily remember who said said it, or even the context. I think without context as well is what is sort of enjoyable about it. So, um, starting with you, Melina, could you read out one of the things overheard in the Rose Riders room? <laughs> don't ask me what this one's about, but um, I originally wrote "wanked on a cat," but then I changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. That's my, my, the mind reels because I, I really can't remember any of these being said. And, and we, when you see them on paper, you think, like, who are these people? <laughs> well, keep, I mean, a lot of them for us, Dave, I think we wouldn't have heard them because they might have been at the other table away from the headlines table. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to think this might have been Sean, but um, <laughs> I'd love to know what it feels like to rip the head off a pigeon. <laughs> you know, I think that might have been Clark. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, he just immediately said that. Jazz. <laughs> um, uh, well, this is a, a question you can answer at home as well if you're listening. Uh, 
hey, would you rather wake up with your teeth replaced by broken glass or dead guy's dicks? <laughs> then he, I remember that conversation. What was the context of that conversation? Uh, I can't for the life of me remember. I don't <laughs> sure. remember where that came from, but I remember the ensuing discussion. Yes. yes. And I remember one of the clarifying questions was were the dicks dead or were they the live dicks of a dead guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be and I don't very... know how that changes the the sort of outcome for people in terms of what they'd prefer. It was a very yeah. considered conversation where we, yeah, we genuinely weighed up the, the real life pros and cons. <laughs> Melina, you got another one? Um, this one isn't quite so disgusting, but it gives you an idea of the kind of conversations we have to have when we're doing analogies. Um, serious question, is Jeff Shaw Gollum or The Ring? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I asked that. That was, when it, yeah, when it was Jeff Shaw, the, the Victorian... Um, uh, MP. Uh, oh, look out! Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and it was uh, some yeah, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings um, parody. Was not, which wasn't quite clear. Uh, Dave, you got another one? Uh, again, just kind of wondering what what was it? This was in relation to. I was trying to show sadness. That's how I acted sad. <laughs> Jazz. Um, this I think this was in a Great Barrier Reef. Uh, episode was like uh i think this was tom and then someone replying so tom says what about i've lost my coral boner uh and then someone said yeah but then we'd lose coral lube (laughs) yeah that's a that's a real problem do you guys reckon there's one one more each from um how long i'm not sure how long the list is is there one more it's a a long list Uh, how about um give me your biggest straightest banana <laughs> no context required there, Dave. Um, hold on, Jazz. Do you have one? I'm, I'm trying to find. No, I've yeah, lost I can. It. I can squeeze one in. Uh, so this was the beginning of a sentence that led on to a discussion, sort of a topic uh, setter at the beginning of a sentence, and it was so coming out of the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. was, I, I was trying to remember if that was from a general discussion or if that was in relation to the rat incident oh, oh yeah oh I don't want to talk about that oh yeah getting down to the ones that are really dirty so I'll just go for this one I feel like uh, I feel like if you're in a wheelchair a prosthetic leg is a waste of money <laughs> <laughs> sure okay <laughs> All right. Uh, if, the, if, if there's any more that you want to, guys want to read out, um, uh, yeah, are there any others or shall we leave it there? Oh, there's so many. There's like, so many uh, bad ones. There's, there's a lot of bad, really ones. bad ones. The worst part is you know there's so much missing from that list because Tom goes down quite early and a lot of the time when we're just sort of chatting yeah. is, is after he's gone oh, down. Yeah. So that's so, really just like tip of a horrible iceberg. And the, la- the later in the day... Uh, kind of the more tired and more stressed everyone is getting, uh, there are certain people in the office who, like, the things that would come out of their mouth would get progressively more horrific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tom wouldn't be present for those. I, I have a, almost a favour to ask, really. There's one on the, uh, the first page of the list, um, and it's, it's the bottom of the first page, and it just says, The Vengeance of Peacor. Um 
and I can't for the life of me remember what Pcor was because is that one of like is that like a monster we invented or uh, I just can't yeah what was that anyway no idea what that is no idea Uh, I have no (laughs) idea either maybe it's something that Tom just thought Uh, oh well (laughs) alright well (laughs) to the ages yeah I think uh, we might leave it there. Uh, well, thank you very much uh, to the three of you, uh, especially Melina and Dave, for joining uh, joining me week in, week out for the podcast. I really appreciate that because obviously it took out time after you know the end of a long working day. And um, mm-hmm. so, thank you me. for your contributions and insights. And Jazz, also thank you for being a regular contributor. Uh, which was uh, always always a delight to hear you introduce yourself as Nick Richardson. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, darling. <laughs> and uh, to the listeners, uh, thank you very, very much for listening to this because obviously it's long and drawn out and very specific. And uh, it's um, really appreciated all the uh, all the, the the interaction online and also the um, just general support that the show. Uh, the roast itself has received in the wake of uh, uh, of its um, end. So, uh, yes, thank you very, very much for that. Uh, guys, I don't know, do you have any, Melina, do you have any last words you'd like to say? <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching. Dave? Yeah, likewise. I wish we had some uh, exclusive uh, information, but... Um, as of yet, I don't believe there is any. So just thank you very much and watch this space. And Jazz? Why are you putting the bag over my head? Where, where are we going? <laughs> um, those, are just my, those are what I imagine my last words would, would be uh, <laughs> in, a, in a genuine situation. No, no, th- uh, thank you. Yeah, same as what Mark said. Thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll be back somehow. So for hopefully not the final time, I've been Mark Humphreys. I've been Melina Wicks. I've been David Ferrier. Oh, I've actually been Jazz Twemlow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.